Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press Pass Podcast, a production of the Press Republican newspaper here in Plattsburgh, New York, in Clinton County. I'm Joe LaTemplio, Editor-in-Chief, and I'm happy to be joined here by Night Editor Ben Rowe. Um, Kind of a welcome back. It's been a few weeks, maybe a few months even, since our last podcast episode. Uh, Been very busy, lots going on. But we're back for episode 71 of the Press Pass podcast. And uh, as we're getting into summer, it's a great time of year. A lot of things going on. And we look forward to talking about all kinds of uh, uh, cool stuff and not so cool stuff that's happening um, in our region. So, Ben, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me, Joe. Cool stuff. There's always cool <laughs> stuff in the news. I don't know if I've ever heard the news referred to as. Cool stuff. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but first of all, I want to, I, I just want to, on a personal note here, Uh-oh. 2022 has Uh-oh. not been a good year for me so far. Uh, in March, I slipped on a patch of ice and broke my wrist. We might have talked about that in one of the episodes. Yes, I think that was one of the last things, yeah, that we talked about, yeah. Um, and it turns out, um, I also blew out my knee when and during that fall, but I didn't feel it. For about a month later, because I had a cortisone shot right before I fell. So when the cortisone shot wore off, I started feeling it in my knee, and oh, it is so painful. I'm already due for a knee replacement on my left knee. Now my right knee is just as bad, if not worse. So I'll be getting a double knee replacement later this year. Uh, Looking forward to that. Not. Um, But hopefully in the long run, it'll be worth it. And then... In early May, I got COVID. I was able to avoid it for more than two years, but we traveled out to Salt Lake City, Utah for my daughter's uh, doctorate graduation from University of Utah, which was a wonderful event. First three days there were awesome, and then I got sick. Um, Thank goodness I've been double-vaxxed and boosted. What did it feel like, Joe LaTemplian? I'm getting to that. (laughs) Just <laughs> wait. The people want to know. And uh, I actually, um, the uh, we were there. It was a Saturday night. We went to a, a ball game, Triple A uh, baseball game in Salt Lake City. And I, I started getting a stuffy nose and a little scratchy throat. And I thought, well, we're outside. There's a lot of um, stuff in the air in Salt Lake City. They have what they call <laughs> inversion days, where it gets really bad. Um, with the smog, basically. Oh, jeez. Um, and so I thought it was just th- something like that. Mm-hmm. And the next day, the next morning, uh, I was same thing. I had a really stuffy nose and a little bit of a headache and a sore throat. And I thought, you know, I did fly on a plane five hours out here. Maybe I should test. So I tested, and that thing lit up positive almost immediately. I was like, oh, boy. So I'm in Salt Lake City testing positive for COVID. And we were at an Airbnb, my wife and I, and it was just like, oh boy, what do we do? So my wife obviously stayed in one room, I stayed in the other, and we wore our masks, and we managed. But the problem was we were supposed to fly out like three days later, and you can't get on an airplane when you're COVID uh, positive. So we checked the CDC regulations, the United Airlines regulations and everything, and it turns out I would have had to have wait almost two weeks to be clear to fly. And I was not staying in Salt Lake City for two weeks. 
So my daughter, who's moving to Colorado, or did move to Colorado, uh, was planning to sell her car anyways. So she said, take my car and drive home if you want. And my wife was like, we're leaving right now. (laughs) And I was not looking forward to it, but I agreed we should drive home. So we drove my daughter's 2008 Honda Civic with 276,000 miles on it, no air conditioning, and we drove across the country. It took us four days, and we made it. Um, We had the windows down because of COVID, (laughs) and we had masks on. It was not the most comfortable trip, but my wife, when I first got sick, my wife was able to call my doctor here in Plattsburgh and say, look, my husband has uh, COVID, Um, he's at risk, Um, can you give him the antiviral meds, Plaxivit, I think it's called. So my doctor said, yep, if you can find a pharmacy in Salt Lake City that has them, I'll prescribe them. And she did, and I got the medicines. I took them for the first, you take them for the first five days. Heavy doses, um, and and then you're done. And thank God I did. That really knocked it down. Um, at worst, COVID felt like a bad cold. Mm. Like I said, stuffy nose, little headache, little scratchy throat. And but the biggest thing for me was the fatigue. Boy, mm-hmm. it made me so t- the simplest thing: walking to the kitchen to put the dishes in the sink, wiped me out. It was like oh boy. But the the Plaxivid really helped. For the drive home, I wasn't yes. too bad. And then we got home, and then after five days, when I'm done, you can only take them for five days because I guess they're really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got sick again, and the symptoms came back, and they were worse. Mm-hmm. My head was killing me. My I was completely stuffed up, and it was just like a really bad cold. So I called my doctor, and they're like, that can happen after the Plaxivid uh, wears off. Um, the symptoms can come back because you still have virus in your system and it replicates so little by little um i waited out and got better and after 17 days i finally tested negative and my wife who had been with me the whole time in the car in the airbnb in the hotels didn't test positive until the day i tested negative Mm -hmm. and then she tested positive finally she had the same thing what's mine is yours uh yeah (laughs) i was like oh my gosh um, she had sniffles, a little bit of headache, uh, um, but her symptoms didn't last quite as long. She's a lot better shape than I am. <laughs> uh, so she got through it, though, and she's better now, too. But what a year so far. My goodness. Enough of the bad stuff. Well, um, I also have to vent about my experience. And, and, and I was going to say, you had... Similar problems. Yes, it's the fact that right around like a the week day or two. I left. <laughs> yes, a week or two. Yeah, before Joe left, I came down with a, I think what they ended up they prescribed me antibiotics and that kind of thing, but a really bad chest cold, pneumonia, that kind of thing, and it's just that, like, coughing to the point where I like couldn't breathe and that kind of thing. Where, oh, that ailment. I was talking yes. about your other No, one. well, that's, again, <laughs> uh, talk about a series of unfortunate events. Is that, oh, my gosh. So then I, I did a very 2022 thing, and I was going to go to the urgent care, but I didn't feel like driving across town. So I pulled it up on my phone, and I did a telemedicine thing where I basically Zoomed with the doctor, and that was interesting. Hmm. And is that I tried to pick, like, a plain space, like, on my couch and that kind of thing. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird, having a 
house call, so and talked to them and um and actually the funny thing is that I called them up and I had been coughing like crazy before, but then as soon as I got on the phone all nice and calm with them, I wasn't coughing anymore. <laughs> and so I'm like, No, trust me, I've been coughing really bad and that kind of thing and they they knew obviously and they prescribed me some medicine and that helped. But yeah, is that I couldn't even sleep with how much I was coughing with that and it's just uh, very painful. And so I And it wasn't COVID. No, and I test, yes, Joe, uh, Joe LaTemplio, yes, brought me out a COVID test in the parking lot yep. of the Press Republican, and because I put off ordering the government supplies, so I said, well, I know where to get some. So, no, multiple COVID tests, it was fortunately not COVID, but then just as I started to feel better after all that and took my medicine, then I was going back to work, and actually is that on that day... We were having a busy week. Joe was out of town. Everything was wild. Is that that morning I thought, gosh, you know, is that uh, I have to go to work today. I wish there was something that would get me out of it. And then I was bending down on my stairs in my apartment to grab a bottle of water. And I remember now I wasn't even, I was wearing socks or whatever. And my foot slipped off the edge of the stairs and I tumbled backwards down the entire flight of stairs of my apartment and landed at the bottom of that and then tried and thought, oh, all right, this isn't too bad, and tried to push myself off my arm. And I'm like, nope, nope, this is bad, this is bad. And so then I called our my esteemed colleague, Kara Chapman, and said, Kara, hey, I just fell down all my stairs. Can you come and help me? <laughs> and so she brought me to the emergency room. And it was, it's not, you know, it's not fun to, as I'm sure Joe with his experience tell you, it's not that fun to get an x-ray when you've, when your arm or your wrist or your hand is hurting. So that wasn't fun. And then I'm still dealing about, what, like a month later, I'm still dealing with some latent um, tension, I guess. It wasn't a break, it was just a sprain, but as everyone tells me, everyone I... Literally, everyone that I texted about it, they said, well, you know, they say bra- sprains are as bad as breaks. Well, you know, they say they take as long as a break. And honestly, yeah, it's taking. I'm like, oh, my God. It's, you know, it's been like, again, like a month and it still hurts. <laughs> but now it's just more annoying than anything and just kind of annoying to sleep on and that kind of thing. But, yes, 2022. My goodness. Get better. Um, yeah, and, and on top of that... Um, and then all the usual things. <laughs> exactly, and we won't go into that. Uh, yes. Uh, other oh. things we have to deal with. Well, and, and I was thinking about that. that. Then it's just that life in general nowadays, you know, just thinking about going to places and seeing people and that kind of thing. Still, in the back of your head, you know, folks, it's okay to feel stressed nowadays because, again, everything is a calculation and everything you have to think like five times about it because should I go and do this can I go and do that you know is it you know go to a person's party or that kind of thing so well um, it's yeah still... and like I said we've been living with this for more than two years we have and I thought kind of all right I, I escaped got through it but then I get in an airplane you know I'd say only 10 to 20 percent of the people on the plane were wearing masks so I'm figuring that's had to be where I got it, although my wife was on the same plane and she didn't get it. 
Well, that's the thing is that, you know, um, former Press Publican staffer Mackenzie Delisle was in town the weekend before I got sick the first time. And I went out um, actually to New Old Soul on Place downtown, which is lovely, and spent the night out with Mackenzie and friends. And then that next week I get sick. And of course, my brain goes, well, you know, gosh darn it, you know, there we go. I caught COVID from going out and socializing. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm sure I caught whatever bug I did get from, you know, just going out and being around people, you know. Um, well, that's the thing. <laughs> and, and you know, you mentioned this. You got to be careful about where you go and you got to think about where you go. And I hate to say this. I hate to bring this up, but it's true. You also got to worry. When I go out, am I going to get shot? <laughs> Whoa, Joe's going there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just, it, you made me think. And, you know, hopefully up here it's nice and peaceful, but we know it can happen anywhere. Uh, yes. I just hope and pray <laughs> something gives and this madness stops. Gosh, it's yes, that, you know, yeah, talk about a recap. Is yes, that, you know, we had all the shootings in between our last time we've been with you listeners. So, um, yeah, um, it's a lot of national stresses right now. And yes, no, I'd much rather be doing COVID locally than gun violence locally, so. Absolutely. Um, but, so let's let's talk about some cool news, though. You said <laughs> there's cool stuff on this podcast. There was a moose yes. on the loose down in Southern Essex County the other day. And there was some lovely photos taken by a local photographer um, of that moose. So I'll give them a shout out. Um, let me see if I can pull up my phone. Neil, um, Neil something. Neil Larkin. Yes, Neil Larkin. The, he responded, by the way, and said he would be honored if we used one of his photos. Excellent. Yes, it's, the, it's a gorgeous, like, surreal photo of just the moose standing majestically in front of the Lake Champlain Bridge. The bridge. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. So, I mean, and as far as we've heard, this moose has a happy ending. Is that, you know, it's just wandering around doing moose stuff. Sometimes the moose's meese <laughs> get stuck in the community don't always end up in the best situations. Yeah. Um, um, I remember following one time the moose that got caught in somebody's pool, like right up the road from here. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, actually that was in March of 2020, right as COVID was Oh, hitting. that's right. Yeah, so I remember that the it was near our Lois Claremont's house. Yeah, it, the, it yes. wandered through downtown, over yes. by the police station, and then went up the river, and it wound up in the west end on, uh, um, up and around Concord and Lexington yes. Avenues up there. Mm -hmm. And it wound up in somebody's backyard in uh, in their backyard swimming pool. Yes. And DEC had to get it out, and they, you know, they sedated it. Um, but unfortunately, they had to put it down because I guess it was so stressed out. And yes. And it was uh, ill. Yes. So Which whenever I hear bad. the moose stories, I'm like, please let the moose be okay. Please let yes. the moose be okay. Yes. <laughs> moose, just stay away from places <laughs> stay in the woods moose and um but no this moose um aside from looking maybe a little thin um they said um it's you know I'm a healthy female moose and just again wandering around checking out the sites there was so. speculation that it swam over from vermont yes we didn't know they could swim that far <laughs> i've seen pictures of um of like moose swimming that kind of they're powerful creatures <laughs> yeah oh yes they are and yes and that reminds me of the story i read about the Lady over in Yellowstone that got too close to the um, the buffalo out there, and no, don't don't approach gigantic, massive animals. No, <laughs> like no. moose are 
I've, I've read is that moose can be dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I mean, and you don't want to hit one with your car. No, but that's like, what, like, you know, nine feet of pure muscle? A thousand pounds, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, um, and then as I look, again, we mix our, our happy news with our less happy news is that, you know, we get up here, um, some of the, uh, the pain that at pump. Oh. <laughs> Number one is that I help everyone got a chuck out of that. I certainly did. Number two, the point still made is the fact that gas prices are and another thing that we got on our list of. Stress. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, you can always say you were going for your Shakespearean mojo. Pain. Pain the, the uh, pump. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and in fact, that whole time, I'm like, gosh, this is such a cliche, pain at the pump. <laughs> but it's, it's a, as I say, cliches are true for a reason. And yes, is that, um, again, I'm fortunate. Well, how long did it take you to drive from your house to um, the press? About... Uh, 13 to 16 minutes. All right, so I'm about 10 minutes, so I save a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, neither of us have to drive too far, right. so I usually fill up about uh, about once a month, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. maybe a little more yeah. for me. Yes, um, give or take, um, a couple weeks. Um, so, but some people who have a rather painful commute, you know, it's... <laughs> oh, it's difficult. It, it, I mean, how could it not be? More than $5 a gallon. Yes. This is absurd. Yes, and so yeah, our latest um our latest poll found ranging around the high four dollar ninety and yeah, and around the low five bucks, yeah. And so the thing is, and June first, the state waived the sixteen cent state gas tax. Yay. And it went down to the about four seventy. And it lasted for what? Two days? Oh maybe? And then it was right back <laughs> up near five dollars. What happened? Well, I thought, you know, Joe Latempio, you survived the 70s with, what, the OPEC, oh, whatchamacallit. I remember when gas went from the high 30 cents a gallon to 69 cents a gallon. People were freaking out. <laughs> there were lines at the gas station. Are and we going like, back to that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, something's got to give. These oil companies, I'm sorry. I think they're having their way with us. And it's not right. That seems to be part of the, the speculation is that, again, you know, as, um, as some articles have pointed out, is that, you know, um, that the government does not set the gas prices. <laughs> the government doesn't own, um, you know, the gas companies. So it's, it's capitalism, you know, it's that it's businesses picking the price. So, but no amount of analysis <laughs> makes it any less painful when you, I think the last time, yeah, I was like, all right, you know, it'll probably cost about 30 bucks to fill up. All right, 10 20 25 30 35 mm -hmm. 40 40 oh my god <laughs> yeah it costs like $50 to fill my car <laughs> and do we have a choice um i could probably walk to work it would take me a while <laughs> yeah, okay get a bike yes yeah well yeah either that or get a tesla i guess or an electric car but <sighs> who's in the mood for that right now so but um but, yes it is definitely challenging Yes. Um, so yes, and then I guess the other big news is again. Um, last night we saw the January sixth um, hearings on TV, and talk about politics. Um, but I will just say it was 
Made for engaging television. Um, it sure did. Um, they put forth a very compelling case. People can make up their own minds about how they feel about this thing. I and mean, we're not going to take sides one way or another. But if you look at the mayhem and the violence and the anger that was um, shown on video, um, it's very disturbing. And whatever happened or whatever the reasons, we need to get to the bottom of this. We need to find out exactly how this happened, and some people have to be held accountable. That's all. Well, it's the, yeah, the, you know, um, regardless of how you feel about it, you know, it happened. And to have a, you know, a documenting of what happened, I think is, yeah, is a valuable exercise to um, just be able to have multiple video clips and et cetera reports of um, the events of that day is something that we shouldn't just let that day as, you know, as I said, with the 9-11 commission, that kind of thing, is that we need to know what happened um, on more than just a pick up the morning news kind of thing, is that we need to know all the angles of it. Um, what I would say is that Compared to some of the hearings that we've had over the past couple of years, which have often devolved into just shouting and people making speeches kind of about themselves, is that it was presented in a very easy to follow way. And regardless of what you think about what was said, it was said in a way and presented in a way where it was, again, it was easy to follow along and it kept my attention, which is not always easy to do with me. And is the fact that, you know, they said, okay, well, we'll hear from person A, they said this. Then suddenly, go to clip of person A saying the thing. There you go. All right, and then this happened. Go to clip of this happening. It's like, wow, you know, I'm following along with what <laughs> is happening. It's not like, you know, it felt they were organized for a government thing. It was well done. <laughs> yes. It, it was well done. And it made you think, and it made your eyes open a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe... This happened in this country, in yes. this day and age. Yes, and no, and I mean, you know, um, I think it's, again, it's just, it's important, regardless of what you think about it, you know, and what you think about other things in history, it was a dramatic day, it was, an, you know, it was a day that, again, deserves attention, as we said in the editorial today, is that, at least think about it, you know, don't just let it slip by and that kind of thing. Right, um, right. Um, so, and again, um, the next one is Monday, um, next Monday at 10 a.m. Um, is that, as I was thinking, you know, is that kind of, I can picture, you know, kind of people sitting in waiting rooms or that kind of thing. I guess I'm having a time that's different than 8 p.m. Um, be able to sit down and watch it. So, um, we hope that people, um, people can keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest stories of our time, as they say. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice if people did tune in. Yes, I agree. And um, then, as you have mentioned, is, yeah, the, uh, the new gun control measures um, is that it's a bit close to home um, of stuff that's happening um, in the government is that Governor Hochul signed a few more measures this week. Um, Chief among them, restricting on purchase of semi-automatic rifles to people um, at least 21 years of age, um, but also um, working on, um, uh, let me pull it up to make sure that I can be accurate, um, working on strictly the red flag laws, making sure to keep um, 
while working to keep firearms out of the hands of people who would do harm to themselves or others, um, restricting the purchase of body armor, um, a range of measures. Um, again, is that, you know, as with anything that the government does, you know, um, will it work as we said in the editorial? You know, who can say for sure, but, um, you know, that's kind of how things work. We try things and then we see what works and what doesn't work. That's how it should work anyway. Yeah, I mean, gun control, there's a lot of ways to look at it. There are some states, some countries that stand by it and say, hey, we got rid of guns and, and mass shootings and problems like that went down drastically. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe. Uh, will that happen here? I don't know. Um, but, and I think we also alluded to this in the editorial, is <sighs> laws, great, but people gotta, it starts with us. I mean, we gotta do something to get rid of this madness in people's minds and to get people to think differently, uh, to avoid this kind of... It's, it's really sad that someone would resort to get so angry, so upset that they're going to, I'm going to get a gun and cause mayhem. And I don't care if I die. Where does that stem from? I mean, we got to address that. Well, it can seem sometimes that, you know, as people have said, a lot of this seems to be born from the internet. And I'm of the mind, you know, I'm from reading various things and just being a person in 2022 is that the internet seems to be sometimes a, a boiling point and is that seems to, um, you know, encourage a kind of an anger and that kind of thing. And um, social media is that, do I think that's, you know, one of many roots of this? I do, but um, I think it is a good thing to point out is that, yeah, we got to take the temperature down a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. um, But we, um, we spoke to a couple of local um, gun shop owners here and, um, you know, I appreciate is the fact that, you know, I spoke, I personally am reported on back when they passed the SAFE Act, uh, Governor Cuomo, a couple of years ago, and I called around to a couple of um, gun shops and, you know, um, back then it, it seemed even more heated about the fact that, you know, why are we doing this? And this time, there seemed to be a level of recognition from the gun shop owners that, yes, that, you know, the recent mass shootings have been very tragic and something needs to happen. And um, is that, you know, one of the suggestions was, again, increased background checks, that kind of thing, and kind of balancing between keeping the guns out of the hands of dangerous people while still letting most people access them. And so I guess is that I just appreciated that, again, they started off on the note of, you know, um, we can all agree that those kind of tragic mass shootings and violent events shouldn't happen. If we can at least agree on that, then <laughs> yeah, we're getting somewhere. My goodness. So. Let's hope for better days in that regard. Um, the other big story this week in, in town was that we had a homicide in the city of Plattsburgh, unfortunately. Um, Melissa Myers, 40 years old, lived in an apartment on Boynton Avenue, was found dead the morning of Saturday, June 4th, um, stabbed. And... Six days later, I think it was, uh, today, mm-hmm. on Friday, June uh, 10th, I believe yes. it is, mm-hmm. city police made an arrest. Uh, they arrested a man from Champlain who was living in Champlain who had been living in Plattsburgh, Vincent Abrams, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. 
um, and they charged him with her murder. That's very unfortunate. It's homicides in the city in this area are pretty rare. I think the last one in the city was eight or nine years ago. Um, so it's a little disturbing to to hear that. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with her and her family. It's a horrible thing for them to go through. Um, police, we thank them for their efforts. They did a good job. They made an arrest. And hopefully this, uh, this case will be prosecuted and justice will be handed out. But it's a, it's a sad thing to deal with in your community. It is. And, you know, and is that as is often the case in larger conversations about violence and that kind of thing is that it really, I don't know if puts in perspective is the right way to say it, but it makes you think differently about what's happening in your neighborhood sure. and that kind of sure. thing. So, um, so yeah, um, is that certainly violence at a national level and at a local level is something that, you know, yeah, we would like to address. But yeah, as, as um, you know, um, the city police and um, as was said at the press conference today is that Kudos to a variety of departments and agencies. Multiple for, agencies. Yes, yes. Um, a, a long list. <laughs> a very good response, you know. Um, is that, that's what you want to see is, you know, um, even for something like one person, you want to see a, a big effort to, um, to figure it out. So, no, kudos to them. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, pretty quick, as, as you were saying, you know, six days. Six so. days, yep. That's good. Not too bad. Um, I guess, to we're about ready to wrap up. Yes. Yep. On one good news note. Yes, let's, please. Congratulations to Town of Plattsburgh supervisor and number one Press Pass podcast fan, Michael Cashman. Yes, our favorite guest. He was appointed <laughs> by Governor Kathy Hochul to the SUNY Plattsburgh College Council. Congratulations, Michael. He is, if you ask me, he is probably the perfect fit for that job. He is. Um, he's a graduate, undergrad, and, and graduate uh, degrees from Plattsburgh State. He worked there. Um, he lives it. During, during my time at Plattsburgh, he was Mr. Senior Plattsburgh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, absolutely. No. And um, and also, um, I guess, yeah, to end on some happy news, is um, today we had a very nice um, story by um, our writer, Luca Gross, um, about uh, Joseph Johnson. Yes. Um, a local Saranac student um, who has been appointed the New York State Youth Council. Um, to be a voice to the, of the community, um, of the young people in the community. And um, as I often say is that, you know, um, when we have these big problems, you know, gun violence, um, substance abuse, you know, climate change, all of these things, is that to a certain degree, yes, is it the adults in the room making the big decisions? Yes. But on the other hand, it's got to be even more important for the next generation to have a hand in solving the problems. And I always say that that's very important to get the kids involved, you know, because they're the ones that are going to have to confront a lot of these things. So. Yes. We should blend them in. Yes. And, uh, and uh, see what they have to say and think. Is that he, um, you know, um, is that Joseph is involved in the uh, the county youth court, which um, is, you know, quite an interesting, um, you know, um, feature of helping uh, youth offenders. Um, he is involved in the multicultural club. He sounds like a very upstanding um upstanding young man and you know um, as his mom said in the story is we look forward to big things from him so yes it's good to be engaged and good on him yes 
Um, well, good. Well, that was a nice way to <laughs> yes. brighten things up a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, ben, it's been a pleasure coming back to the podcast. Absolutely, yes. Um, is that if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast. That's the best way to get new episodes. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on... Oh, gosh, um, I've forgotten the monologue. <laughs> so you can find us on SoundCloud um, and PressPublican.com, of course. Absolutely. And hopefully next uh, episode we'll have Carly Newton, staff writer, join us. Yes. But, uh, yeah, we thought, you know, bring back the, the OG hosts for this one. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, uh, once again, it's a pleasure to, uh, to, to do the podcast and to reach out to everybody in our region. Um, Thanks again for listening, everybody, and until next time, we wish everybody a little weak side help.